All right. What is going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us on this politics-free episode. Uh, tonight, we've got on tap for you guys. We're going to talk a little bit, of an, obviously, AEW New Year's Smash Night 2, Raw, Rooster Teeth, and AEW coming together. Superstar Spectacle, Lita talks about the live sex celebration with Edge. New announced team for Impact, all that and more. It is Smart and Boxman as usual, and we are your Dirt Sheet Dudes. If 
yeah. What's going on, everybody? Wednesday night. Dirt Sheet Dudes, how's everybody doing? I know. It's crazy out there. I know it is. You know it is. We know it is. But we're not going to fucking talk about it. We are going to be your little place to not even hear about it, to just talk some wrestling and have a good night. I hope that's okay with everybody. I hope it is. Anyway, what is going on? I am Boxman. Smart, how you doing over there, sir? Yeah, I am well. How are you tonight, sir? A little warmer than I was over the weekend. We actually got some fucking snow here in Texas. I saw I saw the message. You were rather unpleased about this. Yeah, yeah. Not a big fan of the snow. I didn't go outside. I didn't pretty much leave the house that day. Um. <laughs> so to answer the notorious question, you in fact do not want to build a snowman. No, 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 no. The kids, I mean, the kids went out and they had a little fun in it, but it really wasn't, it was, it had rained before, so it wasn't sticking. I so, see, yeah. The kids had fun. But that's, I mean, you know, they weren't out there long. And I don't know. My sister got like two inches. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Hour and a half away, two inches. So, but they're also more north. They're near Oklahoma. Right. Okay. So there's that. But um, yeah. So yeah, we've got a few things to get into tonight. But before we do that, let me go ahead and find a song here, and we'll get these plugs rolling for y'all. There you go. We can go ahead and play that right there. And let me go ahead and get the plugs actually pulled up. Smart, let's get those knocked out. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, because we don't have a ton to get into tonight. I know I say that all the time, but anyway, let's do this. Let's have some fun here. All right. We're going to start out with the high marks. It's Cheese Man Mojo and G-Wiz. I want you all to go over there and check those guys out. Really, really do want you to go ahead and do that. Uh, good dudes over there. And don't forget, uh, we're going to get all those guys over here chilling out for the Royal Rumble. We're all going to watch, get high, drink. Just going to get fucked up and watch the Rumble. That's the only way to watch anyway. So, But of course, yeah. Yeah, of and course. I believe they're also going to be talking about this Sunday, their favorite PlayStation 2 games. They've cool. been doing a theme Talking about some of the old school games, two about two weeks ago now they had Bobby on to talk about I believe Sega uh, Super Nintendo Sega Genesis games. Nice, that'll so. be nice. That'll be fun, fun as hell, man. So definitely check those guys out over there. And again, Sunday eight thirty p.m. Eastern time, you can check those guys right here. Metal Mitt Network Mixer dot com slash Metal Mitt Network double those T's. And of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, Inhuman Experience. Definitely want to go ahead and subscribe to that channel wherever you find good podcasts. You will not be disappointed. And of course, the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Definitely go check out those guys. Uh, you can check them out over there on Blog Talk. They're on everything Unscripted over there. And uh, check them out over there. Actually, this Friday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. They're going to have on Rod Price and Joel Deaton. So you might want to check that out right there on Blog Talk Radio if you want to hear that. And uh, you can find them, once again, all the usual podcast platforms. And Stephen Milan, appreciate you sharing the show. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan. Double the L's right there. And that is where you can find him reviewing films. And you can find us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, YouTube, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Let it rip, Mark. That's right. Mondays at 8.30 in the middle mid podcast network on Mixler. It is Cheese on Sports. Now, my team was uh, 
unceremoniously eliminated from the NFL playoffs. So NFL is a big, stupid game for dummy and doo-doo heads, as far as I'm concerned. But if you want to hear Cheese Man cover it, then be sure to tune in Mondays at 8.30 and listen to the archives wherever you get your gosh darn podcast. But also be sure to check out our friends at Planet that is right, the Planet Raconteur Podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. January 20th is the return, much like Ludacris. They are back for the first time, so be sure to check them out. And go ahead and just subscribe right now so that when they do make their return next week, you will be able to listen with no delays and hassles. Uh, yes, there you go. And that is perfect timing because the song's about to end. So there we go. Plugs are knocked out. Now we can get into some wrestling because that's what really, that's really what we want to talk about. Because that's what uh, happened this week. Okay, so we're going to start with Raw because let's face it, everyone wants to talk about Drew testing positive number one. And we'll get into the video he made a little later, which I got to say, I, my, I was shocked. My jaw was on the floor. The PSA, as it were? Uh, yeah. Yeah, still a little bit of a shock, just what they let him say. Um, but I'm going to make sure I turn the music. I did turn the music down. I just did not stop it. So anyway, we'll go ahead and get into Raw. Then we'll get an AEW. Then we'll do what little news we have. And I mean, we've only got like four or five stories. Well, one, yeah. two, three, four. Well, a couple are going to tie in. So you know how it goes. But we'll get to all that. And, uh, yeah, this was Raw. Uh, we got a recap start off of um, of Randy punking out all the legends last week. And we get Triple H out there to start the show. Indeed, we did. I believe that was kind of uh, impromptu audible, I would guess. Because I feel like if that was actually in the plans the entire time, they would have plugged it relentlessly, at least last week. Yeah, yeah, you got a point. You, 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 I'm sure they would have. You definitely have a point there. They would have plugged the shit out of that. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I believe like yesterday afternoon it came out. Monday, yeah. Monday afternoon. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, Monday. Or it's like early Monday, Monday morning. I'm curious the timetable in which they knew what had happened because it seemed like they were definitely scrambling all night long to try to find workarounds to what they had originally had planned. Probably. Exactly. Probably. But uh, Triple H came out there and he's out there. And before he really even gets a word in, we get Orton coming out, says uh, Triple H can uh, either. What did he say? Have him come in last in the Rumble match or hand (laughs) over the title for Drew not being there for the match. Right. Right. Pretty much. Uh, Triple H kind of just ignored that and went on about Randy being rude to legends and Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, that was the funny part. It was like, apparently he said that he was like a big fan of the fact that he tried to murder one of his coworkers, which him being an executive in the company is a bit of a problem. But the fact that he went ahead and verbally sassed somebody was where Triple H draws the line. Well, I mean... And Triple H did call him a no-good prick. And to be honest, Triple H calling you a no-good prick is kind of the pot calling the kettle black. Um, And we've heard Triple H be pretty mean to people right on air. Just downright not necessary. 
mean? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the funny thing is like he he said that he gave the thumbs up for setting Bray Wyatt on fire and everything, but mm. the disrespect for Ric Flair was too far. But he was with him the entire time in Evolution, and the Legend Killer was his gimmick then too. So it was yeah. like it was him being him, and he's like, oh no, this is too much. Yep. Yep, that was it. When he goes after Flair, it's too much. But after the no good prick comment, Orton challenged Triple H. Triple H said no. Randy basically said, do you need to get your balls from Stephanie's purse? Uh, again, these two are both pricks. It's it, it was just funny when Triple H called him a prick. I'm like, are you staring in a mirror, dude? Uh, <laughs> Triple H did hit him. And uh, Orton says, I guess that means yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What? I Look, I'm going to try to pull all the good stuff out of this show as I can. <laughs> You're not going to have to pull very hard or for very long. No, my notes are not that long. Uh, <laughs> we get a recap of the Charlotte and Ric Flair bullshit going on. Um, and we get the Charlotte versus Lacey Evans match. But before they went to commercial while that was, uh, well, right after Charlotte came out. Yeah. Uh, and she did say her dad wasn't there in a little pre-match little interview. Uh, no, no, I want I want to talk about this promo. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I recorded it off of my television and did a count along. Uh-huh. In the one minute promo that Charlotte did, she said the phrase "my dad" seven times. Wow! In one minute. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And that you've got a little too much time on your hands. Um, I do. Obviously. I, I kept noticing it. I was like, Jesus Christ, how many fucking times did she say that? It reminded me of that promo Friday where Roman just kept saying stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, right, again, we go to the commercial. I forgot where we were, of course. We go to the commercial, and Drew is on the camera. It looks like he's outside of maybe his house or something. Yeah, doing a video on COVID, and I got to tell you, I was really shocked. They not only let him do this video, let him say the word COVID. I was surprised by like the placement of it because it just seemed like they decided to wedge it in. Like, <laughs> I'd hope that people just wouldn't be watching when the video played. Yeah, and I mean, and then we get another promo later down the line in the same little area. But you're right, it was a weird place to just shove it in there but i guess they wanted to shove this little psa in while people were you know i'm sure people were wondering what was going on but when i mean this company has done everything for the last year year holy shit it's been a year smart Mm -hmm. this company's done everything for the last year to whatever you just did got rid of all your background noise this company's done everything they could for the last year to not mention this. Not even, basically, not, I don't even think they've said the word virus or pandemic or anything. Finally, they mention it. Well, Drew mentioned it, and I don't know if you would notice, but the commentators did not say the word COVID. And they at any time well, they alluded to Drew being gone, which they really didn't do very often during the show, surprisingly enough, they did not mention as to why he was gone. They just said that he was out. Oh, yeah. Well, Drew told you why he was gone. 
Again, it was still on WWE television. Again, this is a company that's been not wanting to use this word for any reason, anytime, anywhere, any place. It did not. Where they openly disencouraged people from wearing masks. They said that you couldn't at one point. Right. Yeah. And then. Yeah, they've had a bad history about regarding, you know, the handling of the situation. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm not making a big deal of it. I was just pretty shocked that they let him do this video and say what he said but uh i guess it needed to be done it was pretty cool i i I liked it it was yeah i had no problem with it like you said it was a weird place to just shove it in right but you know you get the match entrance and then drew and then Lacey comes out um i think it is important to mention though he did say in the promo that he is as of right now at least asymptomatic Mm mm-hmm so that's that's a good thing. I mean, that, that can always change, I guess. But as of right now, everything seems to be okay. Yeah, it seems to go that way for guys that are healthy, take care of their bodies a little more. It's more asymptomatic. They may still get some flu symptoms from it, but right. it's just, it's. I mean, obviously you take care of your body, your immune system is better. It's going to take care of you. So it's kind of the way it works, my friend. But um so here we go. We finally get the match going. Eventually, Ric Flair comes strutting down to the ring. Uh, and the match goes on. And Charlotte's yelling at Ric Flair. Basically, he grabs her foot again. Lacey pins Charlotte. And Flair walks off with Lacey on his arm. So she now is fucking Flair. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> hashtag fucking Flair. This girl has put out her character as a lady-like classy southern belle and now she's slutting around with the gold dude well they even went ahead to like talk about you know her family and everything earlier like last year that she was this family woman she was married she had a kid and all this that and the third and now i've heard that i did not this is not a new take for me i've heard a lot of people say this the the, the word anna nicole smith or the comparison to anna nicole smith is being thrown around a lot i think it's really more of like an al wilson thing like a modernized version of that whole feud uh... storyline yeah, and I did see the picture with Anna Nicole Smith. And what was his name? Sam Houston? Was his name Sam Houston? I think so. I, you would know better than I. I. Like, I was that was a little bit before my time. Well, I think it was happening during my time, but I was like a kid, so I didn't really. Uh, I wasn't kept up to date. I remember she had that fucking trash reality show. Yeah, I never saw it. Never saw <laughs> that show. Listen, I've admitted to watching some really bad shows in my life, but I never saw one episode of that show. I mean, I've, I, I, I even. I, openly admitted to watching Jersey Shore. I'm sorry. I mean, it was very popular at its time. I haven't watched the new ones. They have new ones out. They do? They do. And I have not watched. Probably waiting when it's over. I'm not sure how long it'll last, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so now Lacey just walks off. With, I, I gotta tell you, this storyline does nothing for me. Nothing. It makes no sense. I mean, it, why keep Flair around right now? Well, yeah, that is the number one thing is like bringing him out as there has been an alleged outbreak. Right now, it's only we only know about Drew, but I've seen the word outbreak potentially lobbied around um, depending on who he's been in contact with and whatnot. But anyways, even so, you, you still have that going around and it's like, yeah, it's a bad idea to have him out there. But the problem I have with it is the same thing that I had a problem with the whole Lana thing was okay charlotte's supposed to be a face now 
she has done nothing to garner sympathy as a good person. When she came back, she said she came back to help Oscar only because it benefited her. And then she's been talking about how she's basically doing the women's division a favor by coming back and giving it legitimacy. Like, it's all been about her. And she's been like this kind of massive bitch the entire time. And now that something bad is happening to her, we're supposed to feel sympathy for her. But she's been a bad person this entire time. Uh, yeah, dude, they're... I mean, I'm not expecting continuity or anything, but maybe just a decent written storyline is is all we should expect. And, like, you have Flair that turns against her. But she, like, the previous week, she just got done yelling at him that she's basically useless and that he needs to stay his ass at home. So, like, you can kind of sympathize with him in a way. Uh, Yeah, I actually sympathize with Ric Flair more. But I will say on a positive, so it's not all bitching, after they did this little segment where you had Lacey say that she was going to go change in the hotel room, wink, wink, they cut to the commentators, and you have Saxton with his jaw agape, just in total disbelief and or disgust, and meanwhile you have Samoa Joe just nodding his head up and down like, yeah, man, you get it done. Attaboy, Flair. Attaboy. Woo! That's what, that's what Joe was thinking. Oh, shit. I love him so much because he was just smiling and nodding his head like, that's what I'd do. (laughs) Someone's getting on Space Mountain tonight, (laughs) Byron. Exactly. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Yeah, not not a very interesting storyline to me. Um, I'm actually... The sad part is that was the best match of the night, probably, so it's all downhill from here, <laughs> but... Uh, no, not really. I, 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 I like the uh, Gulak-AJ Styles match. Yeah, it didn't, get a, it didn't get a lot of time, though, would be my only complaint, no. which I, I guess is to be understood, because from at least the kayfabe standpoint, Styles is supposed to be way above Gulak's level, but it is what it is. Yeah, but they always have Gulak kind of be the the guy that, you know, gets the win, can go, can, you know, get it done in the ring. They've, they've never really had him go out there and get swashed. They have before, but not not a lot. Sure. And, you know, AJ's not exactly a, known to be a killer in the ring. He's good in the ring, but he's not a fucking maniac killer. But uh, uh, if Gulak, we might as well just go ahead and talk about it real quick. If Gulak won that match, he would have been in the Royal Rumble. Uh, he did not win that match, but... Um, <laughs> Which I love because finally somebody answered like what I've been making fun of for the longest time. If fucking anybody can declare, then why not just have people in like Gulag's position that isn't really doing anything just be like, yeah, me too. So they had him do that. They had Pierce say, you can't do that. What have you done? Like, what have you accomplished? So it's all right. You got to fight for your opportunity to get it. He ends up losing the match. Two segments later, you have Dana Brooke and what's her name? The other lady. Dana Brooke and yep. Mandy Rose declare to be in the Royal Rumble. Uh huh. Just completely fucking undermine Adam Pierce's authority and just like, what are the rules? What are the parameters at this point? Um, you can't tell two blondes not to do something. I guess I would have loved if Eddie. I would have just loved if you just had Adam Pierce's fucking pop up out of nowhere, just be like, I just said you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this promo's over. You guys leave. Go do your match. <laughs> Please. Yeah, if you win your match, you'll get a shot. You'll get a shot eventually anyway, but... He just accidentally drops a dime in front of Mandy. Oh, could you pick that up for me, please? <laughs> pick up the pencil I just dropped. Could you pick... Yeah. Could... 
Oh, what was that movie? Nine to Five. You don't remember that one, do you? Actually, I had that on the DVR with uh, Dolly Parton. Yeah. That was on uh, that was on one of the movie channels here today. Wow, it's on Hulu right now. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. check it out at some point. Yeah, I got a bunch of action and stuff on there, so, like stuff I couldn't really put on when the kids were out there, and the kids were all out there messing around, and I turned that on and realized that's not the best movie either, but <laughs> what the <laughs> hell, it wasn't that bad. Um, but a feud I am at actually a little bit interested in is this Jeff Hardy and Elias feud. Um, Jackson Riker really isn't doing anything for me. I'm not, I'm still, I'm still not a hundred percent sure why they brought him. I mean, I get it. He's like the bodyguard, like the, like the roadie bodyguard that, you know, I get it, but I don't see how it helps Elias to be honest, especially the reason Riker was off TV. Well, yeah, that that's a big kind of elephant in the room, I guess. But I think so far, as far as that goes, kind of, as far as I'm concerned, the jury's still out on that. Like, I liked when they had uh, Elias incorporate some of the moves that Riker did during his match, like, a couple weeks ago. But other than that, it really hasn't been much of anything. Just kind of seems like they needed something for both of them to do, so they just kind of paired him up. Yeah. But... It hasn't really been bad or good in my eyes, honestly. It's just kind of been there. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I mean, Riker did beat Hardy quickly, and then we got a little pattern of this happening. Hardy told Elias to get in the ring. Now, Elias did say he suffered a, I believe it was, debilitating injury during recording. Mm-hmm. Which turned out, Joe was yes. saying that he, like, sprained his finger, had splinters or something. Blisters. Yeah, blisters. That's what I was looking for. He had, he had terrible blisters terrible. that he didn't want to show us. Terrible, terrible blisters he had on his fingers. Um, but he did get in the ring. Um, and it was funny. Uh, basically, Elias gets in there. when he Before Elias got in, he looks at Riker and he goes, don't interfere. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. And he told him, don't do it, like he kind of wanted him to do it. And then after... Hardy won the match, Elias, you know, Riker comes in and Elias looks at him and goes, why didn't you help me? Because you told me not to, that's what he told him. I told you, though, he looked at him and it was almost a wink-wink. Yes. You know? It was interesting that they decided to do this, because they had what I thought was going to be like the blow-off match. They had that big Symphony of Destruction match mm. a couple weeks ago, and it seems like they just couldn't come up with anything better, so they're like, alright, we're pairing you guys back up again. Well, now they have Riker with them, so it's fresh and new. This is true. Yeah. It feels like it's a little bit too early to be teasing kind of dissension and like potential breakup between them. They like literally just paired them together. Oh. Well, I don't know. I mean, they said Riker was set for a push before. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Seamus and Keith Lee was after mm-hmm. that. Uh, again. Uh, Seamus and Keith Lee versus Miz and Morrison. Seamus and Keith Lee were getting along most of this match. Actually, uh, Seamus tried to bury the hatchet before the match. Believe kind of if you want to say that. Um, they win the match, and then suddenly they're fighting. Hey, this was so weird because there was a Triple H promo segment, uh-huh. and then a commercial break. And during this time, they remained in the ring. And just apparently they were having a bit of a spat. 
So I, I don't understand why they would be in the ring for so long after their match A. And then you have them have this argument, and now all of a sudden they don't like each other, and they're fighting now. This yeah. is very odd. I wish I was on Thunderdome. I would love to have seen what they saw during that break. <laughs> yeah. That that would have been definitely an interesting thing to see. Like, And they've done this during like live shows where they've actually had crowds in attendance. Is, you'd always like to be a fly in the wall for situations like that. Well, that's when they bring out the t-shirt gun! <laughs> Woo! I don't know why, but just the visual of seeing Seamus operate a t-shirt gun is just cracking me up. Uh-oh, it's the t-shirt slingshot! <laughs> The funny thing is, you would be amazed by just how fucking amped some people get over the t-shirt gun. Oh, like, I've it seen. is an effective way to get the crowd going. I've seen. I've seen. Well, it's good, because it covers up the compressor noise. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, boy. Anyway, we're done with that. Um, no, we're not. We're still talking about Seamus and Lee. You're right. It was weird. It, they, you come back, and they're just fighting. And it's like, okay. And then Lee gets the win, and they hug it out. Yeah, they don't tell us why they're fighting either. And then they have the match, and like you said, they hug it out when they're done. So now they're friends again. It's very odd. I had to get it out of their system, you know? Yeah, you know, they had to get it out. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it seemed like they were drunken frat boys. Uh, just yeah. like, oh, fuck it, I'll kick your ass. And then they fight, and it's like, oh, I love you, man. Let's never fight again. Let's go have a beer. No, I love you, fella. I don't know. You think Keith Lee drinks beer? I'm not sure if he's a beer guy. See him as a... A wine, maybe whiskey. I can see him as a whiskey guy. I think I see him more as a wine guy. He's got a very intelligent, he's very smart. He, you know, he, 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 I can see him as a wine guy. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee, the sommelier. Ah, the Vintner. Parent with Carmella. The Vintner. Him and, uh, mm-hmm. him and Rowan just back there making wine, making, making homemade <laughs> wine. <laughs> there you go. That'd be nice. Um... Anyway, now we got this Drew COVID promo on Goldberg. Um, finally. <laughs> Drew COVID promo. <laughs> Tell you what, COVID. <laughs> I do feel like it was ironic that they had him. He was like the star of that commercial. That where com- yeah. was supposed to be 2020, but like it was designed as COVID. And then sure enough, I guess COVID decided to know so. Uh, you know, it took COVID a few weeks to actually, uh, you know. It took Drew a few weeks to actually sell that pin, I guess. Um, hey, COVID got his ass this time. Um, they did it. <laughs> COVID wasn't doing the job after all. Absolutely. It doesn't work for me, brother. No, it it's, oh. it, 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 it lingers. It lingers. It lingers. It mm-hmm. does. Um, Drew does kind of acknowledge the mess up last week that we talked about with the uh, with them running out of time, Goldberg not doing the or Drew not being able to cut his promo on the Legends. Right. Um, Drew says, Goldberg put words in my mouth. He, sa- he said things I never said. And I'm like, thank God they did that at least. Right. And then he's, well, he even acknowledged the fact that Goldberg may have alluded that he was thinking it. He's like, well, how the hell are you going to know what I'm thinking? Right. And Goldberg like, didn't say it. He said, it doesn't matter if you say it. I know what you were thinking. And it was like, <laughs> okay, Kreskenberg here. Um, All right. Well, that's like that's the old, he mentioned Goldberg being like his dad. That's very much a parental tactic. I'm like, oh, you were thinking it. Go to your room. Mm-hmm. You're grounded, young man. You're right. You're, you're right. I didn't do it. You were thinking about doing it. No, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've done that. 
<laughs> uh, but anyway, it is officially Goldberg versus Drew at Royal Rumble. Um, strap on your, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Xavier, I, I got no strap on. Indeed, strap on something for this one. I'm not sure what. Whatever. Xavier Woods versus T Bar. Um. Um. What do you got on this one, Mark? I got nothing here. <laughs> well, I guess the only kind of really interesting, I guess for lack of a better term, interesting uh, tidbit from this was that apparently Kofi Kingston ended up getting a broken jaw, I believe, from last week's match with um, Morrison. So he's going to be out for a minute. So you, and then, of course, you have Big E on SmackDown. So, like, for the New Day is kind of temporarily out of order. Yeah, I mean, Xavier's always good when he comes out there. He's, a, you know, great character. He know, loves what he's doing. You can tell that. But, I don't know, man. It was just... Uh... Just a little weird seeing him come out there by himself. I haven't seen that in a long time. And uh, it was him versus T-Bar. T-Bar won the match. Uh, again, with Retribution, the winning is too little too late. It doesn't matter. You right. you establish them as little as pretty much bitches when you had two guys. Uh, you had, who was it? It was Keith Lee and who else came down and took them all out? Oh, uh, yeah. I, Drew, maybe? Might have been. And then Ricochet took them all out by himself. Well, no, Ricochet lost to him. Yeah, but he took them all out in, in the match before they beat his ass. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he still took right. them all out at one at one time. So you, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. I apologize. Leave me alone. I totally agree with you, but I'm also like curious as to what it is they want them to be. Because if you saw that T-Bar promo, he was talking like he was supposed to be like this dark, mysterious monster guy. He's like, I'm gonna show you the meaning of pain. Or just like some like doing like the weird demon scary voice. And it's like, what are you guys supposed to be? Are you supposed to be like this group that feels like they've been wronged and they're trying to seek justice? Or are you guys like the mysterious like doomsday stable now? Like what the fuck is going on with this? They're post apocalyptic Um trying to think i got nothing else they're post, post mad max type yeah that's kind of what they are mad max type shit but really when one guy's predator which i don't think i saw that in mad max i saw that in predator i watched that predator the other night uh, on hulu by the way it's on hulu uh, mm. yeah maybe yeah. it's time to bring back jesse ventura oh it's a conspiracy theory man that would that actually i i, I don't know that I mean, it'd be kind of a ballsy gimmick to have, but I, I could get behind him being like the manager of a conspiracy theorist, like maybe pair him with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, that would be pretty funny. That would be actually hilarious. The problem is you got two guys who can talk. Meanwhile, Jesse can't talk like he could. Um, but yeah, that, that 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 would be fun. That would be a fun little pairing there. Mm -hmm. Jesse and Sami, wow, that would be really funny i don't think vince would be able to deal with jesse ventura at this point in his life <laughs> probably not i don't have the energy at this age <laughs> damn it paul you him, i'm tired oh my god him and Heyman. oh those two would end oh jesse would kill Heyman. you <laughs> do you know i was a navy seal right got documents they wouldn't let me into the 9-11 building. I know 
Drew, uh, 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 I, I know, Jesse, you don't have clearance. Well, that's not why they won't let me. No, really, it is. You don't have clearance. That's <laughs> that's why they won't let you in. It takes security clearance to get in there. You didn't mention that in your little show, did you, buddy? Did you, buddy? <laughs> uh, that, that was a hell of a show. I watched it, and I also watched uh, Joe Rogan did one. What was it? Joe Rogan questions everything. Yeah, I remember that. I think you can find all those on YouTube, those Joe Rogan ones. Those were good, actually. I like those. He did some cool ones. The one, the only one that scared me that he did was the one where he talked about people downloading people's memories from their, like, before people die and stuff. And it's like, one lady did it, and there was like a robot that talked in her house, but it was set up like a like a record player. It was a fucked up, man. Hmm. She, this is... Very interesting. Um, I I haven't seen this, but I think I would like to know. Mm. Blew my mind, man. Blew my mind. Mm. Anyway. Uh, all right. Let's forget about retribution. It's not worth spending that much time on. Riddle versus Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Uh, Riddle's mouth was bleeding pretty much mm-hmm. the whole match. It looked like Lashley got him pretty early in the match. Yes, this was interesting because they decided to play off the momentum they had built last week, having Riddle sort of pick up a clever victory by pretending to tap out and then getting the win over Lashley by having Riddle get his ass whooped by Lashley and then get his ass whooped by MVP. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, but this was also the second double-duty match of the night. Mm -hmm. Of which there would be three. Technically, yeah. Kind of. Um, th- th- this was just very weird. This whole thing, the way it ended, the way it ended, the way it did. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, and because you had, you know, you had Jeff Hardy wrestle twice, right? You had Keith Lee and Sheamus wrestle twice, and oh, now yeah. you have Riddle wrestle twice. I was wondering what you're, what the second one or the third one actually, and I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Now that now that you just said it, you're right. So. Wow, no wonder my notes are so short. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, the kind of prevailing logic in that is that, you know, we don't know who does and who doesn't have COVID. So they were working with a skeleton crew. So they had a limited number of people available to them. So they had to sort of repeat certain matches or have people work multiple times. But then you had Riddle do a promo backstage with Lucha House Party. You announced that Garza was going to be on Talking Raw after the show. Mm. Boom. You have Lindsay Dorado or you have Grand Metal League versus fucking Angel Garza. That's a match. You know, that there were other things that you could have done there, I think, instead of having all these redundancies just over and over again. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they were in a rush. Who knows? Who knows what the hell was going on? Um, but yeah, it was weird. But they beat the shit out of Riddle. You're right. He did get his ass kicked twice, basically. Not basically, he did get his ass kicked twice. <laughs> so, um, and we already talked about the Drew Gulak match, so we don't need to get into that again. Right. <laughs> um, there was a little backstage segment with Keith Lee and Triple H. Keith Lee's like, man, I'll take your place. Mm-hmm. Triple H was yeah. like, no. Yeah, he kind of pointed out how Triple H has always been there for him, so now is his opportunity to be there for Triple H. He's like, I already wrestled twice, but fuck it, I'll wrestle again. It's like, no, that won't be necessary. You know, Trip, you take those pictures, you point at my belly, I point <laughs> at yours, we take those pictures, I like it. 
You're a good man. I'll take your plate. That would have been great if Keith Lee just walked up and just pointed at him. <laughs> pointed back. There was just like, yep, there we go. That's all we need. Every picture of Triple H is the same with those guys. He's pointing at him like, yeah, look at that motherfucker. My absolute favorite is the person that photoshopped a picture of young Triple H standing next to old Triple H, and they're both doing the same point. <laughs> like, that was fucking phenomenal. Well, I mean, he's been doing that since the fucking DX days, so yeah, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you sort of already kind of got into this little thing with the Nia and Shayna, Dana, Mandy, everything. Mandy ended up tacking, uh, tapping out to Shayna. It was, it was what it was. Um... Now, with nine minutes left in the show, they start this Triple H versus Randy Orton thing. So, at least I knew it was going to be short, Mm -hmm. which gave me a little bit of hope it wasn't going to be awful. Um, (laughs) Triple H wrestling in a shirt makes me feel old. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily it's an indicator that he's old, just that... Perhaps he isn't participating in certain activities that he may have participated in back in the day. I didn't say he was old. I said I felt old watching Triple H wrestle in a shirt. That's all. Fair Tri- enough. Triple H still looks like he's a jack dude. I think maybe he's just, you know, gravity, your age takes over. Gravity kind of takes, <laughs> takes its toll and there's nothing you can do. Are you, are you suggesting that his chest is uh, emulating Ric Flair as well? Kind of doing a sag? Uh, yeah, Rick Rick Flair should have worn a shirt back then too. He did start wearing one after a while. They're like Flair, Flair. You getting that? You're getting you're you're getting nipple you're trip over those. Things. You're you're getting nipple Flair, Flair, <laughs> nipple Flair, Flair. I feel like we've uh, come to the conclusion as to what we're going to name the show tonight. Nipple Flair, Flair. <laughs> nipple Flair. <laughs> nipple Flair. That because Flair spelled two different ways. I kind of like it. Uh, we could do that. We can let's try to remember that. We never do. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm only I'm only one beer in, so you know. Um, but uh, the lights. St- Triple H grabs a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, uh, Orton's left cheek was bleeding. It looks like Triple H got him with some of that tape on his arms, on his wrists. And I, I, I always like the old school thumb to the eye. I don't care who yeah. does it. I love that fucking move. Whoa, dog fight! Dogs love that move too. Always, that's a good move to do to a dog when they're fighting like that. Um, now, so we did get that. Now, Triple H after that goes, he gets a sledgehammer from under the ring because you know it's Triple H. Smart uh, went ahead and muted himself. Triple H gets a sledgehammer, and as the light starts going out, Triple H sets the. Uh, Sledgehammer on fire. Well, the sledgehammer was on fire. He looks down and sees that his hammer is a burning. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're not sure how it got lit, but it got lit. Which is why you always use protection. You don't want a burning hammer. Right, when you're using a burning hammer. Right. I mean, I, as Queen said, I think it's time for the hammer to fall. Mm. Hey, hey. Anyway, um, the lights start going out. Triple H is gone. I didn't like gone. I want nothing more. And since it already happened, I don't know if if it happened on the show or not. But we haven't watched NXT yet. Full disclosure, I would have loved nothing more if NXT started with just Triple H just magically there and just like looking at his hands and trying to figure out how the fuck he ended up there. 
just staring around like fucking Travolta in fucking uh, Pulp Fiction when he goes to when he goes to uh, what's your name's house. Yeah, and just like just looking around. He still like, has the same shirt on. Yeah, just looking, just all disheveled. What? What? Huh? Maybe even have him spit out a little bit of water in surprise. And then and then Kushida comes out. Mm. <laughs> Points at him. Back to the Future thing. He's like, yeah, hey, see? See? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Get it? Get it? All right. There you go. See? I'm continuity right there, Smart. Nice. I mean, bad continuity, but still continuity. Um, and Triple H is just gone. So I'm not sure if Triple H can transport or if The Fiend has power over transportation. Maybe Triple well, H. He, he transport Cena, I believe, during that Firefly Funhouse match. Well, they were in a different dimension. That's true. They did. Te- they teleported. They were in a different dimension. So, you know, that's 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 neither here nor there. But uh, next thing you know, Alexa is standing behind Randy, mm-hmm. has her hands behind her back, and next thing you know, we get a magic ninja fireball right in Randy's face. Man, it, it took me back to fucking Wrestling Society X days. That was pretty friggin' cool. That looked like one of their little like low-grade pyrotechnics. That was pretty cool looking, though, I gotta tell you. And you're right, it did take me back. I mean, but at least, you know, at least Alexa didn't shoot lightning out of our eyes. Mm -hmm. See, I was curious to see how you were going to feel about this, because I actually enjoyed it, but I have seen pretty much nothing but negativity regarding it. That it was just, like, fucking ridiculous, and that it was, like, corny, and the way that they did the camera angle was stupid, and this, that, and the third. I liked it. Like, I mean, it's it's a fireball. Like, it's not out of the realm of wrestling. We've seen people use fireballs for fucking decades now. With, like, Jerry Lawler, the original Sheik, like, all these people back in the day using fireball. Like, I don't see why fireball is such a big deal. Hulk Hogan attempted it. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. It really was. It was the best part of a terrible, terrible match. He's all sweating, and I'm like, they couldn't have bought the man a fucking a click electric lighter, please. Anyone? Did no one thought of that? He was struggling with it for what felt like forever, too, before he ended up even getting it lit and then just completely fucking missing. Completely missing. But this, I, I you know what? If they used a different camera angle, they would have bitched about that. If they didn't use the right camera angle, they would have bitched about it. There's no pleasing wrestling fans right now. I gotta tell you. There is no pleasing them. Nothing can go right. You're gonna please some. You're not gonna please them all. And there's nothing we can do about it. We're gonna like sure. stuff. We're gonna hate stuff. It's not. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, for, I don't know why. But for some reason, it just seems like there's a lot of people that are just on board with trying to make it as realistic as possible. Which I feel like is a bad idea. Because if you try to make it basically like UFC... Ring of Honor tried to do that in the late 2000s, and it was fucking terrible. It became unwatchable. And, I mean, if you're going to do this as, like, a legitimate shoot, get ready, because you're going to have a lot of people that you really don't care about hold titles for a very long time. Because, mm. yeah. like, you, basically, you would have world champion Jake Hager at the moment. I don't know if you really want that. Yeah, with his manager. That's, yeah, with, 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 with Sammy by his side. That's right. Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Oh, that I can't wait to get into that. That was lovely. I like that. <laughs> I don't but th- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think people got it until like five minutes later. I was like, "Why did no one got that, Sammy?" Hey, anyway, 
We'll get into that, I guess. Um, because I'm done with Raw. I, all in all, pretty uneventful show. Uh, hoping for that cycle to get better. I think everybody else is too. Yeah, I mean, they put that on like that's kind of sad thing is that it was a pretty bad show, but they also put that on in competition with the college football national championship game. Mm. It was like, oof, tough break for them. Obviously, the rating was down this week compared to last week, of course. But yeah, not 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 a great show, <laughs> not a great show, and they only have a couple left before Royal Rumble. Yeah, it seems like maybe they just decided to give up. They have, let's see, two, yeah, two, two more before Royal Rumble. So yep. hopefully they get things a chugging along. Yep, Royal Rumble's last day of the month, I believe, thirty first. That's right. Yep. So yeah, a couple weeks left, and um, all right. So on that note, we will jump right into AEW. Look at that! Only an hour into the show, I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, and it was AEW New Year's Smash Night Two. Hmm. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And, of course, they do what they do best. They kick off right away with a match. Eddie Kingston versus Pac. Yeah. And that was, this was like the match that of uh, both nights. This was the match that I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Which, based on the way the match played out, kind of has me disappointed. Uh, a little bit. I thought it was a... The way the match played out was also... Now... Looks like Pac seemed to win, but I got to tell you, I didn't ever see Eddie tap out. He never said I quit. Right. Are they continuing that story, that part of the storyline, too, where there were the referees are just screwing him over every every turn? I guess so. I guess he's like the AEW version of uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah, I mean, I might have missed something. I, you know, hard to pay attention, but I, I don't think he did either. I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't recall it. I was a little disappointed, though, because it seemed like, for the most part, I feel like the right guy did win, but I feel like the majority of the match was kind of a squash. A little bit. A little bit. It definitely was. It definitely was. Um, You know, yeah, Pat kind of beat the shit out of him most of the match, kind of just threw him around. But still, uh, Butcher and Blade were getting into it, Pentagon and Phoenix. Archer came down to even up the odds, and that was kind of pretty much where it all ended with Pack and Archer yelling at each other. It's funny because we were talking about last week about them moving to, for, to a little bit of a warmer spot to start doing some of their shows. Yeah. We were talking about just like how everybody handles kind of the 50 degree weather differently. And it made me laugh because I feel like you and Pentagon are very much spirit animals because he was walking around the entire night with this like thick ass coat on and it was making me laugh. <laughs> well, you don't have to be cold. You can, you know, you can go out there and, you know, still be. Still look good and be warm. Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have to wrestle, so why not? Why not just layer up and be comfy out there? Yeah, go for it. As long as you can fucking move and get shit done, fuck it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, kind of go right into another match. We get Chuck Taylor with Orange Cassidy versus Miro with Kip and Penelope. Uh, Miro won this match by submission. Uh, now Chuck Taylor is Miro's young boy for the next month. Mm-hmm. Once again, like I, I feel like we're, we're talking about Raw being redundant. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit redundant, too. Uh-huh. This also kind of felt like a squash. I mean, you had Chuck Taylor jump him from behind at the beginning of the match, kind of get the drop on him. But then after that, it was basically just all Miro. And, like, of course, I understand you need to make him look to be this big deal. 
because he is he's a big guy he's a strong guy so you got to have him throwing people around and looking tough but for what they did they I mean they've been building this for a couple weeks now at least you know they put some time and effort into this build and it was kind of anticlimactic i gotta say yeah a little bit um i mean obviously the storyline is going to continue since chuck is now his young boy for the next month basically they're i don't know what they were calling it slave or whatever i don't think that's makes- a young boy or well, they kept using the term butler butler yeah I'm sorry. i knew they wouldn't use the word slave um yeah no butler for the next month so we'll see how this storyline progresses but yeah another one and definitely we'll get when we get to the last match it's going to be about the same damn thing um so there we go again we'll see what happens with the storyline as it progresses now matt hardy is officially the manager of private party from what i'm seeing for right now right um they're arguing over their contract with matt what did they call him a something carney Oof, yeah, I wish I could remember the term too, but yeah, they they definitely made sure to throw in the carny on there. And and basically Matt Hardy gave him the old Don Callis, you know, this welcome to wrestling kid. He was like, Yeah, I got you. I took advantage of you. Don't do it again. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa. Teaching you a lesson. Be smarter next time. There you go. Be smarter. Something like that. I was like, damn, Matt Hardy going all Don Callis on us here. <laughs> um yeah. Go ahead. I like it. I like kind of this element of his character where he's this like sleazy. It, it was more kind of in relation to like how he did the whole Hollywood mad thing in Ring of Honor. So that's kind of what they're having him be like now, where he's just kind of this scummy asshole. And I, he can, he does it pretty well. I like it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't get to see a lot of that. I saw a lot of it on, you know, social media, but I didn't see a lot of it, you know, on ROH. But right. uh, like I said, saw a lot of it on social media. But uh, yeah, pretty good shit. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't think it's going to last very long. I think they were looking for a reason to keep Matt on TV and let him heal mm-hmm. a little. I mean, I think that's what they're doing. I'm not sure, but that's my thought. Um, so we'll see about that one, too. Uh, Inner Circle comes out. They're going to give us their plans for 2021, their resolutions. Um out of nowhere, Jake Hager just keeps screaming championships. I, I did love that. I, I love he just ah, win championships. And MJF just leans in and goes, "That was very good." Yeah, uh, that, yeah, I like that. Jericho's sitting there like, "What the fuck just happened?" Uh, now another great line was when Sammy called Jericho a tag team slut, and everyone, "Whoa, whoa." <laughs> <laughs> I also love Ortiz was like talking about the cooking and all the dishes that he wanted to perfect this year. Yeah. He he listed out some very Latin dishes, and MJF just goes, "Yeah, I totally know what they are." Yeah, exactly. Jericho's like, "Yeah, those those, those sound delicious. They are great." Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I did like that was funny. And then you know, uh, Jericho's was, um, I'm gonna give me and MJF are gonna win the tag team AEW tag team titles. And that's when Sammy called him a, a, a tag team slut, Jericho. Uh, and next week we will get a three-way. Looks like a three-way tag team match is what we're going to get uh, mm-hmm. to decide the official tag team of the inner circle. Um, it's going to be uh, Sammy and Hager. Sammy Hagar. Get it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't drive 55. You know, just the way it goes. God, is, he gonna buy, is Tony Khan going to buy that one too? 
Oh, God, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's going to be them, and it's going to be uh, Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and MJF. So we will see what happens with that next week. Fun, fun, fun. I'm kind of uh, glad that they brought that up, though, because I was I, some I had seen a video where they were talking about that, where it's like things that AEW just kind of randomly up and dropped. And there was that period where Hagar Hagar and Jericho were teaming. Mm-hmm. They teamed them up for like two or three weeks and then it just out of nowhere it just evaporated. So I'm glad that they kind of mentioned that. Yeah, it was when uh, Santana was out for a while. When uh, mm-hmm. I believe he lost his I believe he lost his real father and stepfather within a very, very short period of each other. Yeah, yeah, he had had a pretty rough go of it for a little while there. Yeah, yeah, and I think he took some time off and I believe that's when they paired those guys up. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They did mention it. And I'm glad they at least mentioned it. They 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 try to keep with as many storylines as possible. It's just, I mean, they they expanded their roster pretty fast. And I don't think they were I don't think they were ready for that. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know they they might need a writer or two. Is all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not for it, but they may need one or two. Uh, we get Dark Order coming up again, kind of telling us with them what's going on next. Adam Page shows up. Uh, <laughs> again, Silver and Reynolds are fucking hilarious, man. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, those guys are going to be breakout, especially Silver. Um, definitely see him doing a lot for a very long time in AEW. Um, they ask Adam Page when he's joining the Dark Order. We find out next week after the match. We will find out, obviously. There's no way he's drawn. I don't know. I, mean, I would say no way, but who knows? I thought at first no way, but I think the way that things have kind of turned, where they've sort of become a bit of a face stable, I guess understandably so, considering everything that's happened. Right. Where they are positioned now, it seems at least more likely than, you know, when this storyline started. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see it happening, but we will find out next week. Uh, then we get Kenny Omega coming out with Don Callis. Uh, Callis starts announcing a tag team friends of Kenny Omega. Obviously, we all thought he was going to bring out the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. but it was the Good Brothers. They even showed the Young Bucks backstage with Tony Khan sitting back there. Um, and we get a match Omega and the Young uh, Omega and the Good Brothers. Sorry. Versus the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight was his name? Mm-hmm. Donnie. I think it's Donnie Limelight. Donnie Limelight. I got to be honest, I don't know who he is. You got anything on that? I believe he's an AEW Dark guy. I know that they were really intent on seemingly to getting him over because he had a lot of offense in the match. Very true. He wasn't that match for a good long time, too. This and that really surprised me since we're talking about it. Like the first two matches were kind of squashes, and they were built. This match was kind of just thrown together to showcase the staple that they have emerging now. And this match went on for a pretty good, like pretty lengthy period of time, and it was way more back and forth than I would have anticipated. Yeah, I gotta say it was kind of a long, drawn out match to get to the outcome. I believe we all knew it was going to be right. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like if you were going to have like a squash match in this show, which the first, like I said, the first two matches arguably were, this would be the one to do it because you just establish them as world beaters because you had them like just go through 
a bunch of people on the show last week just kind of follow that momentum up. But I don't know. It was kind of odd. Yeah, it did a little bit. You're right. They, they could have given the other matches more time had this one be squashish, if you will. I just burnt my finger on my pipe. God damn it. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happened to Richard Pryor, I believe. Well, that wasn't his finger he burnt. Um, <laughs> he was on fire. The whole He was on fire. Um, but anyway, uh, Moxley ended up coming out after the match again. He said he wouldn't get involved in a match. He looks pissed. You know when he's checking his jaw and cracking his neck, Moxley is pissed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's when you know Moxie goes right in, goes right after Omega. Good Brothers jump in. And this is where it gets confusing. Pentagon and Phoenix run out to even the odds. The Young Bucks come out because the Young Bucks always come out to save anybody. And they get in Moxie's face. Pentagon and Phoenix get behind them, super kick the Young Bucks, and then all hell breaks loose. That's right. You had a Pier 6 brawl, as it were. Ooh. Look at you. That's right. Look at you. Didn't expect that right there. That was nice. Nice. Pier 6 brawl. That's right. It was, it was, again, it, sometimes their matches just turn into clusterfucks. And this one did a little bit at the end there. But again, I thought it was a little long and drawn out for what we, uh, what we knew the outcome was going to be. We knew those guys weren't going to win. They're kind of just coming off of AEW Dark. They're not going to win. Right. Um, but anyway, after all hell broke loose, that was kind of where we just kind of left off, and they announced that Britt Baker will be coming back with the waiting room. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, coming back. Um, now, tell me these monologues are purposely really horrible. They are, right? I think that's the intent, yes. I think I'm it's hoping. supposed to be like kind of a bad version of Oprah. I'm hoping. I did like the little jab at Cody's tattoo. Uh, yes, that was kind of funny. I was kind of funny. I laughed. I did a lot. I chuckled. I chuckled. Um, and then they bring in Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. God damn! Look at that girl's body. <laughs> and she's asking for an opponent. I'll do it. <laughs> I volunteer. I'll volunteer. Uh, and then Red Velvet comes in. Now I, I don't know how tall Cody is, but. Ooh, Jade Cargill was right about his height, but she did have heels on. So, how tall is Cody? Now, I know Dustin is like 6'4", right? Yeah, yeah I believe so, 6'4", 6'5". I'm going to go ahead and look it up on the old Wikipedia. Ooh. I will say that the best part of this segment was that blazer that Cody had on. That was a fucking slick blazer. Dude, I didn't even notice the blazer after Jade walked in. It, even Dirk Sheet, dude, is over there saying, hell yeah, she's got the body, dude, that. Those legs, damn, the, she's she's built, man. She's, I can't wait to see her in the ring. 6'2", <laughs> according to old Wikipedia. For okay, 6'2", so she's probably about probably six feet, six foot, right about that. That's fine. And to tie up another loose end, 6'6", six, six for old Dustin Rhodes. Oh, geez, I thought it was 6'4". Okay, even taller. Nice. Hmm. Very nice. But, um... Red Velvet is obviously a tiny little thing. <laughs> but I did like how, you know, they brawled, they broke it up, and then next thing you know, the door flies open, and it hit Rebel. Mm-hmm. Like, hit her pretty hard. I don't know if you noticed. I I, I didn't. I, I, man, 
It's interesting you brought that up. I might have to check that back out again because it was it was very distracting because you basically just had what seemed like a Jerry Springer esque brawl of just a shitload of people running all over the place and yelling and throwing things and fighting each other. It got very hard to keep track of. It was very Jerry Springer esque. It was. It was. Even uh, you could even go back to the old Geraldo days. Mm. I remember that episode. I was watching. He got that. hit by a chair, didn't he? He did. He had the the uh, the clan on the Klu- uh, some of the Ku Klux Klan, and um, a riot broke out, mm. and he got hit with a chair. And I swear it wasn't two hours later. He was back on TV with that with the whole f- nose bandage, the black eyes, <laughs> and he did his show like that. He came back the next fucking day, man, and did his show like that. Mm. Cheers to him, I suppose. Nah, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, different times, man. Way different times. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we get Jurassic Express coming out, and they did come out to Tarzan Boy, that's the name of the song, right? By uh, Baltimore. Right. But I did come out to that, and I cannot wait. That's going to be another one when they get crowds really back in there. That's going to be another good sing-along song. You're going to hear the whole crowd doing the... Whoa, 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 whoa. They're all going to be doing it. I I can't sing. Leave me alone. Um, it happens. But yeah, I I was talking about that last week that I thought they should kind of sit on that for a minute. But I think kind of in hindsight, maybe that's not such a good idea. You mm-hmm. start it now, and then you have the fans conditioned by the time they actually do have a full crowd. Yeah, to just do it. Yep. So exactly, they made the right choice there. I think they 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 did too. Um. That definitely go ahead and get the get them knowing the song, and people are going to start looking that song up now. I yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see if there's not a big spike in popularity. Because I mean, you could track that at least on YouTube and everything. Yeah, I don't know how I'm old. Um, I barely can use YouTube. I need to figure it out, and I will. Um, but yeah, I I gotta tell you, it was a uh, it was actually a fun match, and I think mainly with Marco and Jungle Boy, um, mainly with Jungle Boy using Marco's stunt as a foreign object the whole match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you actually had Jungle Boy come off like the bigger guy in the match here. I mean, I guess for all intents and purposes, he is. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. You're right. You're right. It's, I mean, I, I know that they can't disclose this information, but I don't recall seeing Luchasaurus out there. So I wonder if he's one of those people that no, he aren't came, available. No, he came out. With, didn't he come out with Jungle Boy on his shoulders? Or did, I don't, I don't remember or did Jungle Boy come out with Marco Stunt on his shoulders? Ooh, Antox. I could be wrong, but yeah, we're going to have to defer to Antox. He did come out, apparently. Okay, he did come out on... Okay, I just said two things. I know that took a minute for, it's going to take a minute for that to get through. But which one is which one is yes? They're everyone's saying yes. <laughs> I feel like this is just a okay. Luch- Luchasaurus, yes, or or Jungle Boy, J- Jungle Boy on. Okay, Jungle Boy was on the shoulders of Luchasaurus. Yes, I thought I saw that. Okay, okay. And I'm, so never mind. There, I was wrong about that. But there you go. I love you, chat room. I just said two. That, you didn't you didn't catch up before I said the second one. I appreciate. I was that. hoping that there'd just be more like yeses, like yeah, huh, yep, yes, of course, yes, 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 yes. All right, all right, all right. I got it. 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 All right. Okay. 
that's good. But yeah, I uh, it was cool seeing uh, Jungle Boy use Marco stunt the whole time. It, it was pretty cool. FTR did get the win, but again, I don't think this hurt either guy. I, I, I I'm just not the biggest fan of FTR. I'm just not. I just I can't get into them. Yeah, I have a hard time getting into them as well. I think if anything, it did. It, it made Marco Stunt look good, which I don't know if that's really the purpose or goal. But they didn't Jungle Boy look good as well. They, of course, are more intent on that happening too. But right. yeah, I think it, was, it was a pretty good match. I think it was it was more competitive than you know some of the other matches that came before it. So there was that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, most definitely. But again, we you know FTR wins. They have nice mat- matching jackets um, with Tully. Uh, then, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, that last sip of beer went down wrong. Um, <clears throat> the uh, NWA Women's Championship match we got, we got Tay Conti. Her name is Tay, right? Ty Tay. <laughs> Tay Conti versus Serena Deeb. Um, cameraman. Great, mm. sh- great shot of Tay just warming up from the back. Great shot. Great shot. Now, these girls did work pretty hard in this fucking match. It was really, a, really actually a good match between these two. Um, these NWA championship matches seem to get the best out of their, their women's matches. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. I think Serena D has been having some really good matches lately, just in general. Just like the uh-huh. match that she had with Thunder Rosa, we were asked to say it was really good. She's been a pretty consistently good performer which is something they desperately need in that division. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Thunder Rosa, I did forget to mention uh, we will get her versus Britt Baker coming up February 3rd at Beach Break. That's right. I did forget to mention that during that horrible segment, Um, but uh, we will get that right there. And, um, yeah, definitely think Serena Deeb has had some really good matches. I mean, she had good matches when she was in WWE. I can't remember any. I never remember saying, God, she's horrible, though. Well, it's just, so I, I think kind of the reason that you don't really remember is that they really never put her. It was at, that was at a point where it was still pre-revolution. They weren't really giving the women a lot of opportunities to have oh, yeah. good matches. And then the matches that they did have that did have an opportunity to go longer were on like fucking Velocity or whatever. And that Velocity wasn't around back then. Main event and just other like kind of places where you wouldn't normally see them. Because I remember at one point she, because she was with the uh, Straight Edge Society and right. she started doing the GTS, which she, I don't remember her doing particularly well, but I remember that there were the rest of her stuff was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember ever shitting on her matches, and definitely has improved. Like I said, she definitely looks like a completely different person right now, and um, good to see him out there, man. This was a damn good match, I thought. Antox brings up that. Tay did fuck all in NXT, and I bring that up because I was actually thinking about that. I was like, yeah, she's gotten a lot better since NXT, and I was like, you never really got to see her in NXT. <laughs> she either wasn't used, or she got jobbed. She, like, didn't have a lot of opportunities to show what she could do. Well, they started bringing her out, like, right before she left, and they started bringing her out, and she was doing stuff, and then they just kind of forgot about her. Um, but, I don't know. So, all right. Let's get this main event knocked the fuck out. We're rolling through this shit tonight. We get Brian Cage coming out with Team Taz. It's versus Darby Allen. Uh, this is for the... Was, was this for the FTW title or just nothing? Nothing. 
think it was for the TV title, no? TV or title. TNT title. No, the TNT title. That's what it was for. TNT title. I'm trying to think. I knew it was for a fucking title. Um, so there we go. Uh, all of the, tar- the talk that they were talking about Darby being at such a disadvantage, I think, actually gave the gave the match away. You knew one way or another Darby was going to pull out a win, whether he had to have help or one way or the other. It was going to be David versus Goliath style, and you knew the underdog was going to pull it out. Yes. They just overemphasized his disadvantage, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing that they, I guess they got to work better at finding a balance in, but that, that's going to be the case with a lot of Darby Allen matches. Because he gives up a, a good a portion of size to pretty much anybody that he's going to be in there with. Right. Oh, hold on. I mean, unless you have him, like, you know, like, a feud with MJF, he's not giving up quite a, as much size. Like, that. he's not going to be a huge underdog in that terms as, as size goes. Right. Or you have him with Jungle Boy or whatever. But, yeah, that's going to be the case with a lot of his feuds. So they do need to work on a little bit of a balance there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that you want to have the underdog story, and I that's completely understandable. The underdog story is always great, but you can't just sit there and hammer into our heads that he's not going to win because we are probably going to think that he's going to win. As Antox points out, it was also his first title defense. True. Very true. You're right. He wasn't, And he also says he wasn't dropping that title. I, to Cage, I agree. I knew that. But... Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, Darby was busted open again early in the match here after getting put through a table. Um, That was a fucking sweet table spot. He basically gave like a razor's edge from the ring through the table. Yeah, that was pretty brutal, man. Darby, man, this guy can take a beating, but I worry, especially with those neck, those, what were those neck bumps he was taking on the turnbuckles, dude? He's this guy. That's uh, the thing is, like, Antox was talking about, like, nobody takes a beating better than Darby Allen, and yes, uh-huh. but even the moves where he's on the offensive, like, they still kind of revolve around him putting his body on the line to do them. It's like, even his offense is him getting hurt. Yeah. Like, it's nonstop bumps for the guy, I feel for him. He needs to go more to, like, the moves he did tonight with, like, he takes off his belt, he puts it around Cage's legs. That yeah, was, that, cre- was that that's creative shit. That's more of what he needs to be doing. He doesn't need to be getting thrown the fuck out of the ring on his fucking back and, you know, barely being able to move, you know, giving Cage the finger. He doesn't need to be doing all that shit. The more creative stuff is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I liked when he, you know, he ripped his belt off and tied it around Cage's legs. That was pretty fucking cool right there. Um and then at one point, the lights go out. Sting is beating up Ricky Starks with the bat. Allen does sneak out the win. That was, again, a little weird. They were going for, looked like a superplex. And, man, did Darby Allen land on his arm bad. Yeah, that was that was a rough landing. Oh, I, it might not have been so rough if you didn't have a fucking, a, a, a fucking boulder on top of you. <laughs> yeah, he got it with the crucifix pin off the middle rope, I believe it was. It was I don't think they were fully at the top rope, but he did take a pretty good landing there. It was pretty rough. I will say, since you mentioned him, I, I feel like outside of Darby bumping his ass off, the other MVP of this match had to have been Ricky Starks. Because I'm <laughs> posting it in the Mixler chat here, uh, a GIF. But his fucking reaction images to pretty or his reactions to everything, facial reactions to everything, 
were just fucking the most over the top, but just incredibly wildly entertaining. Like it seemed like his life, like he had bet the fucking house on this match. <laughs> I see that. You know, he kind of has a little bit of uh, C from uh, Bronx Tale, a little bit. Ah, uh, he was fucking fully committed. He's like, nope. I don't. I think he wanted Cage to win more than Cage wanted to win. Uh, he was yeah. in, intense. Cage is like, motherfucker, I'm getting paid either way. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't got no winner's purse here. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's into it. Going to the pay window either way, baby. Who yeah. That's right. All right. Now, since we're talking AEW, let's get into a few little... Uh, and I'm, I, by the way, I'm good on AEW. You got anything more? I mean, good show. Decent. Not really... I gotta, uh, they they uh, announced a couple matches. Oh, yeah, we we talked about one of them, the uh, Inner Circle tag team match, three-way tag. There's uh, also going to be a match to celebrate the birthday of Negative One. Yes. They they did some. They posted on social media they went to Disneyland for his birthday, too. Oh. I think actually Disney World because they're in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, be that as it may, it's going to be the Dark Order, and then it's... I forget who else is going to be there with them or, or against them. Oh, actually, I do not. It's going to be Hybrid 2 and... Fuck me, I can't remember the other ones. Ooh, tough. Can't remember the other ones, but they're going, there's going to be a match in commemorate, commemorating his birthday. And there's also going to be Matt Seidel and... Uh, I saw Luther. Flight. Luther was oh, yeah. in a match. Yeah, Chaos Theory. Luther and Serpentico in Hybrid 2 versus... Okay. Dark Order, and then you're going to have it's going to be Matt Seidel and Top Flight versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Nice. I gotta tell you, man, this, the the things they're doing with Brody Jr., the, the fact that they're trying to keep this kid busy and keep his mind off of everything going on I think is really amazing. And yeah. this kid is going to have memories that he will never forget whether he becomes a wrestler or changes his mind down the line when he sees what the business is really like um whatever he's gonna have memories that none of us could ever have and i think and during a time like this he's gonna have great memories to think about instead of just his father dying so i love what they're doing i don't care if you go oh, they're just doing this for publicity go fuck yourself Think about what this kid is going through. They're keeping him busy. They're keeping his mind off of it. And I think it's great what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. There's not much more I could add to that. But I've been watching or seeing everything that they've been doing for him. And it, it's all very nice. It's very heartwarming. I, I could see the kind of cynical people talking about them doing it for good publicity. But I mean, as much fucking bad things that have been going on in wrestling and just the world in general, just. Every once in a while, having something nice to look at is just fucking needed and refreshing. Well, it's AEW people doing things for him. It's WWE people doing things for him. And uh, it's good to see. On oh, on that fronts. note, by the way, since we're talking about him, uh, they apparently put, I was hearing on the Observer today that they put a collection of like the best of, it'd be Luke Harper in this situation, matches up on the WD, WWE Network, but it's for free. Right. So they're not trying to capitalize off of anybody that wants to go watch it can go watch it. Yeah, that uh, new guy they got for the internet's a good uh, good guy. Mm-hmm. Yep, he understands what's going on. I think we talked about uh, his name a while ago. 
<clears throat> I forget who it was, but uh, anyway, um, another thing AEW did announce during their show, and it popped up. They didn't really talk about it, but it popped up on a little graphic during uh, right before one of the matches. I forget which one it was. Rooster Teeth and AEW have come together for a new wrestling podcast called Wrestling with the Week. Um, now Rooster Teeth, I guess, is a. Do you know much about them, Smart? A little bit, I, from what I understand, from what I know of them, as they're primarily a gaming channel. They might do other like pop culture and other kind of shit like that too, but gaming's definitely a big portion of what they do. Yeah, gaming, uh, graphics, comics, stuff like that. That that's pretty much what they do. Um, but it's going to be a podcast. They're saying it's going to be like a thirty-minute podcast with Scorpio Sky and James Willems as the other host. Don't know who that is. I got to be honest with you. Um, Same. But it will be starting. We're going to get the first one starting January 18th. And uh, don't know. Could be could be, could be be cool. I think uh, be, definitely good to at least listen to the first one, see how they do. And um, I'm sure it'll be on all the podcast platforms that you've ever heard of. But <laughs> uh, it looks like it's going to be a video show. They're going to be talking wrestling and I'm sure more than that. So, yeah. Definitely figure out what's going on and check it out. But uh, there's a trailer right there on YouTube if you want to look at it. Just type in Wrestling With The Week. And uh, you can see right there. little trailer for it. How long is it? Let me see how long it is. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, shit. Man, Texas, they've been around for 18 years as of April 2003. Really? What has been? Oh, the... um. Okay. Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth. All right. I could play this little... Here, let me. I'm gonna have to put it on the other computer, so you're gonna have to give me just a minute here. I need to go to get my news opened up, and I'll play the little one minute trailer. It's only one minute and one second. Did you hear that when I played it over there? If you just played something, I didn't hear anything. Okay, I didn't think so. It, I don't know if it came through on the mixer or what, but here we go. This will definitely come through on Mixer. This is a little trailer for their show. Let's do this. Come on. We didn't even really get to touch on you and Sean Spears. How's your back? It's a little bit sore. Oh my god. (laughs) What's up? I want to talk about Wrestling with the Week. Whatever we have interest in, we're going to chop it up. Did you get the PS5? I'm over here all weekend playing PS4 like a heathen. (laughs) Scorpio Sky and myself, James Willems, we got distracted. We're going to be talking about video games. We're going to be talking about pop culture. Have you seen the New York Subway Rat Man? What? (laughs) We're going to be recapping AEW. It's the most exciting part of the show. (laughs) We're basically going to be talking about the week. We got a lot to get into, man. It's also what the people want to see. (laughs) Oh, my God. Voila. This is progress. Scorpio Sky, James Willems, Wrestling with the Week. Wrestling with the Week. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe now. Woo! It's beautiful. I love it. Actually, doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. Think I might give it a listen. Looks like you can subscribe right there on YouTube. Um, And uh, definitely. Definitely want to check that out right there. So, uh, let's see. I don't think I have any more AEW news to jump into. 
Well, actually, Smart, we got your little Jim Ross thing. He's AEW. You can go ahead and jump into that. Yeah, I can pull that up here in a second, dude. He was talking about... Um, speaking of AEW-rated things, though, had you heard Chris Jericho on his podcast announced apparently in September he was positive yet asymptomatic with COVID? Really? Was he out for a couple of weeks? He was, wasn't he? No. He said that he went into 10-day isolation. Now, the way that AEW had been doing things, they had been taped, and they still do this now because today's show was taped, tonight's show, hmm. is that they'll do like two, one week they'll do two shows. They'll tape like two weeks worth of material in one, you know, one week. So between them doing live shows and doing tape shows, I guess he was out for a sufficient amount of time. But it seems weird that he kind of came out with this information now, considering you have, you know, Drew coming out that he was positive. You have the match, the Thunder Rosa match got delayed because she was in contact with somebody. It seems like you're like you're kind of kicking up an unnecessary hornet's nest by announcing this kind of information. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Controversy creates cash. There you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I got it pulled up here. This is from Wrestling News, but they're uh, citing Jim Ross's podcast. It says this week's episode of Reeling with JR. uh, Jim Ross and Comrade Thompson cover the WWE Royal Rumble 2000. Show happens shortly after ECW closed down. Uh, They're doing the highlights here. This is Jim Ross talking about... The politics that went with the politics that Taz had to endure his time in the WWE. Quote, I brought Taz in. I thought he was an attraction kind of guy. I thought he would do a good job if he was booked in the same basic mold that he was booked in ECW. The one thing about Paul Heyman, who is brilliant, there is no doubt about it, is Heyman had the ability to accentuate the talent's positives and disguise their negatives. Paul made Taz so strong that you forgot that he was 5'8". He was not what the business was getting a regular diet of. He was thick. Interesting choice of words. He was athletic. (laughs) He was a strong guy, but he was short. I battled with the whole thing many times before with other talents, Jericho, Benoit, Malenko, Eddie. I saw how the audience believed in Taz. I was definitely in the minority. So I guess at the end of the day, Vince trusted my judgment, but then he got unconvinced. I don't know if it was after meeting Taz. I have no idea. I really don't know. But bottom line is he fell out of favor with a lot of people that he could have drawn money with. Believe that's mm, I'm sorry, actually. But bottom line is he fell out of favor and a lot of people that he could have drawn money with believe that selling for a guy that is five eight didn't make any sense and people who would not believe it even though Taz could probably whoop their ass in a real shoot. But we weren't shooting. We were working. Nobody could have had a better debut in Madison Square Garden, guy from Red Hook, Brooklyn, all that shit. Taz got, and he beat Kurt Angle by submission. He choked his ass out. People thought his suplexes were dangerous and all this other stuff. So a lot of talents went back to Vince and said they don't want to work with this guy because he's dangerous. They would tell me that, but they wouldn't. They would tell me that, but they would tell Vince that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. That is what they wrote here. That is what they wrote. it again. They would tell me that, comma, but they would tell Vince that. Yeah, I think I, I think it was what he wouldn't there. Yes. <laughs> but basically, this is kind of because this goes on for longer. But basically, the whole point is that you have people coming out there that kind of, I guess, believed in the 
image that kind of Heyman was put giving to them and that they brought him in as being this legitimate tough ass kicker guy. And there was certain talents that didn't want to take any one of his 800 suplexes that he had in his arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Christopher Kane did put a question up here, but we are not talking any politics tonight. No, you're not going to bait me and I'm not going to do it. We're not even getting into it. I apologize. Um, but, you know, I, I I could see this. This completely sounds just like, you know, Vince to a T right here. This is, you know, who's going to sell for a 5'8 little guy like that? I, yeah, Taz was little. But again, man, short, stocky guys can be a fucking problem. Um, I, that, why wouldn't you sell for him? He was a big dude, just not a tall dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, that's the thing. And, and that's uh, kind of very interesting, too, is like, I, I don't. I don't really remember Taz injuring anybody, so I don't necessarily get the how he got the bad reputation of being this guy that was like unsafe. I don't really know either, and I don't remember him. I mean, he I'm sure he has injured one or two guys. I don't know if anyone can name any. That's fine. Because, um, I mean, you think about it, honestly, I'm like, you think about Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit, and I hate to bring it up, but like Chris Benoit got a lot farther in the company in they showed countless number of times him dropping Sabu on his head and breaking his neck. Very true. Um, I mean, that was, I'm, I mean, you're right. They showed that on ECW fucking over and over. Right when it happened, they showed it and showed it and showed it. The yeah. next week, they showed it and showed it and showed it. So, yeah. Yeah, they did. But I don't know how he got that rep. Um, but, yeah, I do. I remember that Madison Square Garden debut. Now, that was pretty big from him. Yeah, I, I remember he, was, that. he uh, took on Kurt Angle and he basically kind of squashed him. Yeah, he did. And I that was when the, the whole orange and he came down with a towel on his head all cut up. And Now, I admit it wasn't the same Taz, but it looks like they might have booked him to not be the same Taz. Sure. Well, I mean, after a while, yeah. Because you go from being this guy who beat Kurt Angle to a couple months later, he's having a feud with Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler. Right. Exactly. Like, like uh, I mean, and for the most part, pretty much anybody outside of like maybe Punk and Ziggler, I guess. Anytime you kind of put in a feud with Jerry Lawler, it's basically a death sentence for your career or your push, <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not everybody. I mean, you know. Well, I don't know. I was going to say Andy Kaufman. That's a that's a, that was literally a death sentence. Um. And I mean, he had the feud with uh, Jake Roberts, and that was basically the end of his run. Yeah, yeah, you got a point there. Um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, this is something I believe we talked about a while ago. I'm not sure if we talked about this or if we just talked about how they had bought the trademark for the name. Uh, WWE revealed the name of its upcoming India special. It's going to be Superstar Spectacle. The date was supposed to be, it was supposed to be taped in Florida. So they're not actually going to India. They're going to tape all this in Florida, and then they're going to play it in India. Um, 
It looks like it's going to air January 26th in India. So if you're in India, you can watch this. I'm sure there'll be a way for everyone to watch this. Yeah, if you have uh, like a VPN, you can change your region. People do that a lot for Netflix because there's certain things you can watch in like Netflix in Europe or Canada or whatever that you don't get in the U.S. It's saying it's going to be on Sony Sports Network in India. So I don't know if you can do that on Sony. I'm sure there's a way to do it. I'm sure everyone's got tricks and, 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 and shit. But I'm sure, trust me. You don't think they're going to put this on the network. It's being taped. They're going to put it on the fucking network. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So check that bad boy out right there. But I I, I believe we did talk about this back in October, though. Smart. I, I think we did. I think mm. we did back in October with the whole Sony. And I I think we, we, we did talk about this. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, so there you go. I'm, nothing really to jump on or add to that but uh, i'm sure we'll all be able to watch that eventually um and you know i guess we'll go ahead and jump into this quick little impact news i know we don't talk a lot of impact and neither one of us really pay attention watch it i well smart more than me a little bit sometimes but yeah by and large i'm not regularly following the ins and outs of impact but that's about to change Yes, it is, because they're, uh, I guess they have Hard to Kill coming up this weekend, Saturday, and they're, oh yeah, Saturday, sorry. Yep, I'm I'm looking at the article. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I am too, but apparently your reading comprehension is a tad bit better than mine. Wow, four beers in. Thanks, Mark. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it will be this Saturday. They got Hard to Kill coming up. Uh, Also a very, very, very good uh, Steven Seagal movie, if you want to check that out. Um, but it looks like Josh Matthews, they're saying, is being promoted to the, to working behind the scenes. Um, and it's going to be Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown from now, starting by being Saturday. promoted. Do you do you think that means that he's just going to be using his iPhone to shoot the show now, just instead of commentating as well? I'm hoping they're going to use someone else's and let him actually do something. Uh, By the way, the amount of people I saw going, maybe I'll start watching again, was ridiculous. I didn't realize... Based on this announcement? I didn't realize he was that abrasive to people. (laughs) I mean, he's not great. I, I, I wouldn't... He wouldn't encourage me to watch a show, and he wouldn't discourage me from watching a show. But, like, he wouldn't also... He's not on my list of, like, top five best commentators, though. I I just... I mean, really... I mean, I I don't know how... The commentators don't really judge whether I watch a show or not. I I mean, if they're bad, they're bad. I can tune them out. I'm good at that. But I'm... uh, I mean, I'm usually high anyway, so... (laughs) You know, not a big deal, but all right. So there we go. Stryker said he's uh, excited, nervous, and thankful and humbled all to be returning to television. I got to admit, I like Matt Stryker. Yeah, I mean, but not only Matt Stryker, but America's uncle himself, D'Lo Brown. D'Lo, not sure how he's going to be on I, I don't recall him ever really being a commentator. Curious to see how that works. I don't either, but uh, I guess we'll see. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing with Madison Rain. I'm sure she'll do something backstage or maybe even come back to wrestling. I don't know. 
Um, I didn't. Well, they send her to the glue factory. I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> well, they let her nibble on some oats in the backstage. Area. Wow, a horse, a horse face, a horse face, Joe. Oh, no, she's actually a pretty decent wrestler, honestly. And I, I, I her commentary, I haven't heard too much of it, but I, I don't remember it really being all that offensive. I, I can't imagine anybody could be worse than fucking Beth Phoenix, but. Uh, oh, yes, it says uh, Madison Rain will give an update on her future at Saturday's pay-per-view. So pay, tune in, and get it there. That's right. Or, t- yeah, whatever, however you do your pay-per-view. Stryker, I think, is definitely an example of just how bad WWE handles their commentary situation. Because mm. I remember him being fucking god-awful in WWE. Like, I hated him. Like, I could barely listen. And when they, I remember people talking about how great Lucha Underground was before I watched it and I checked him out and I did not know that he was on the commentary team and like it almost caused me to stop watching. But I was like, all right, I'll I'll give him a chance. And like he, he got, I don't know if it was just a matter of how they were having him steer the show with Vince being in his ear or if he actually improved a lot, Uh but he was a way, way, way better in Lucha Underground and like even now than he was when he was WWE. Yeah, I'm sure that's annoying having someone in your ear yelling at you when you're trying to say something on live television. Mm-hmm. And I maybe not having it in Lucha Underground was what was the key. I'm sure that is. Yeah. Him and Vampiro had some good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. I like both those guys. So you're right. They did have good chemistry. But yeah. And again, uh, Matt Stryker, I... I mean, the guy got fired for doing wrestling. Fired from teaching, from for doing wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to give the guy a little credit. Followed his followed followed his dream, you know, and had a backup plan just in case. Uh, sure. But anyway, let's go ahead. We'll see how they how they sound. Whoever watches the pay per view on Saturday. Um, and again, they will be going weekly after that. It is starting Saturday. And continuing weekly after that, it will be D'Lo and Matt Stryker. So, all right. On her Twitch stream last night, Lita, and I believe it is last night. It says this was posted 14 hours ago. So, mm-hmm. might have been Monday night. I think um, it was last night. All right. Well, there we go. Lita revealed about the uh, live sex celebration segment with Edge back in 2006. She didn't want to do it, but was threatened that she would be fired if she did, didn't do it. Um, she says a lot of guys, including Edge and John Cena, tried to stop it, but, whoa, sorry, guys. Uh, ooh. That's actually audio from the stream. That's uh, <laughs> um, Smart, can you pull this up real quick? Yeah, I can pull it up real quick here. Um, if she was on, I, I will say I did see that she was on Twitch last night. I didn't actually go into the chat room and check it out, but I'll go ahead and read here from the top on her Twitch stream last night. Lita revealed that she did not want to do the live sex celebration with Edge in 2006, but was threatened that she would be fired if she didn't do it. A lot of guys, including Edge and John Cena, tried to stop it, but WWE went ahead with it because Vince McMahon liked it. Ew. This is why Lee left the company afterwards. It was buried on her way out because she was uncomfortable doing it. They did, of course, have that segment uh, after when she on her way out. The whole 
uh, wholesale as it was with uh, Crime Time, where they basically raided her locker room and was like selling her panties and unmentionables and things of that nature. And they just basically made a whole big deal of calling her a hoe and a slut and this, that, and the third. It was a very classy way to uh, send somebody out that was such a big part of their company for a while there. Yeah, not a good, good, very good thing. Now, I mean, Lita has come back, and I'm not going to lie, if, if, if a company really did this to you, would you would you still come back? I mean, I guess I personally wouldn't, but I mean, I guess there were certain things that were, uh, you know, she still wants to be able to connect with the fans or whatever. And she still might feel like she earned the opportunity to be there, so she shouldn't let them be dicks to her, or like ruin that or whatever. I can see how there can be logic for her coming back. Yeah, and I'm I'm 100% not saying that this didn't happen. I'm sure. I mean, Lita was offered to do Playboy and said that she didn't want to. You know, she had younger fans and didn't want to be that kind of role model for them, and that's why she didn't do it. So, right. and they, I mean, this was, I mean. She had an actual nip slip. She was actually naked during this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I got to imagine that that's got to have made matters worse if she didn't want to do it originally anyway. And now there was that accident that happened. And now, I mean, even to this day, people still post those pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know. And I mean, it's not necessarily her fault if it was, you know, it was an accident, it was a slip up or whatever. But now you have a part of you that you didn't want other people to see and now it's being exposed. This isn't even like having her phone get hacked or whatever. Like it was just totally, you know, a total fuck up that she didn't even want to have happen in the first place. So I, I feel for her. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it was, uh, again, I, I could see them. I could see WWE threatening her at that time, 2006. It was a weird time. Um, well, it was a very yeah, it was a very different time. Yeah, it was, it was, and I mean, my God, that little live sex celebration. When I mean, we hadn't seen something like that since the Attitude Era, and uh, it was pretty that weird. That became her whole thing, basically, because yeah. you had her like seducing the Big Show, and they had that segment with Stitsky that was very weird. But uh, <laughs> that uh, was her whole thing. Was she started dressing more provocatively and trying to seduce people and, you know, that edge trying to use that to his advantage. Yeah. Well, he is the ultimate opportunist. And that's right. As Jim Ross would call him. I, I got, I mean, I, I lead as always, I always thought she was hot. She's hot. I mean, this picture right here, she really looks good. So yeah. I always thought she was hot though. I will say that. Just thought I'd throw that out there for no reason at all. <laughs> I will concur with that. Uh huh. Especially, I mean, you know, wearing that thong so the way she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was. Then hearing was all those interesting, hearing all those dirty stories of her down in Mexico. Dirty. dirty. Oh my God! Yeah, those <laughs> those are quite graphic. Depending on who you know, where you hear it from, and who you believe. That kind of made her hot. It kind of made her hotter to me. <laughs> <laughs> back then, I was like, damn. Back, I mean, back then, not well, now. Back then. You know, hey, you know, people like what they like. Hey, yeah, I was going to the strip bar at that point. <laughs> well, apparently, so was she. Every weekend, um, literally every weekend. Oof. Sometimes Saturday and Sunday. 
you know, I've actually never been, I will say. I've always been kind of, I mean, I don't want to judge other people, but to me, it just kind of seemed like a waste of time. It's, uh, it's fun when you know some people. Well, yeah, there you go. That That's a key phrase there, when you know people, when you have the right connections and when things may potentially happen outside of the initial show themselves, that makes things more fun. But when, like, just the whole idea of going there and, like, paying somebody to pay attention to you just seems very sad to me. But that's me, and that's, you know, other people have fun their own way. Well, I started going because I used to take my customers for lunch. This place called The Booby Trap, I've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. They did free lunch during the day. Hmm. So we would go in there, and, I mean, listen, it was burgers and chicken wings and... I mean, it yeah, wasn't. I, yeah. You don't have to explain. You're actually kind of winning me over here. You get free food in the titty. I mean, that's God you, bless. You got free food, but um, two drink minimum. Mm. Two drink minimum. I mean, beer was. I mean, they let you do beer. It was fine. You could buy two beers, and uh, or anything else as long as you had two drinks, and that was fine. And believe it or not, when they said drinks, they would even. I mean, even sodas or whatever. Not everyone can drink during lunch. Sure. So they were fine with anything you wanted to drink, as long as you bought two drinks. <laughs> I love the way that you worded that, essentially. It's like, well, not everybody can drink on the job. Well, we can't all be pilots. Oh, exactly. Uh, I mean, dude, trust me, drinking drinking during the day was not 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 hard at all. So we would yeah. do that. Oh, man, I got my baby is still screaming. I got to finish up quick and see what the hell's going on out there. Um, but um, drinking during the day was not. Not not anything that we we never did. It was just easy to do. But I would take my customers in there, and then well, a lot of them sometimes they wouldn't go back to work, so <laughs> we'd stay and we'd see the shift change, and we'd get to know people. And then finally, and that was all going on the company card. I wasn't paying for any of that shit. So I just eventually got to know the girls. Like I said, man, I I used to go to the Renaissance Festival with them. That sounds amazing. They would they would come to my house parties. <laughs> I just like the idea of a bunch of strippers attending a Renaissance festival. Uh-huh. Oh, which ironically they would probably be the most conservatively dressed, considering the type of affair that goes on at the Renaissance festival. Oh, they would come looking like very very good maidens and wenches. Uh, it was it was it was very nice. But, I've uh, never actually been, but I've heard some stories and like. That's kind of low key a really good place to go if like you're a horn dog. <laughs> they're fun, dude. Actually, Renaissance festivals are cool. They're pretty cool. I actually somewhere don't in, think they have any around here. Somewhere in this house, I've got a pair of those devil sticks. Those ones that they bounce back and forth, and you know, you got two sticks in your hand and one in the middle, and you bounce it. You ever seen those? Yeah, yeah I, I think I know. Somewhere I've got a pair. <clears throat> I don't know where they are. But uh, they're in this house somewhere because I brought them from Florida. Yeah, they, I don't think they actually. They, I've never really seen anybody like do it around here. Yeah. Well, uh, ironically enough, and I should you not, and I know we're not really trying to talk about politics, but they for the longest time after we moved here, me and my family, they would do Civil War reenactments. They did that for at least like the first ten years that we lived here, and we've lived here for twenty years now. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, I, I get it, but 
Yeah, so they don't really do a lot of Renaissance fairs and whatnot around here, unfortunately. There's really, I guess there's really not a super big, like, nerd community around here. But, yeah, well, you know. I mean, right now it's COVID, so it was different different, different times. We're, we're in the new norm now. But, I want uh, a fucking turkey leg, though. Now you get you get me in the mood for all these different <laughs> I'm sure if you looked up, a, am sure you could find a turkey leg if you, uh, if you jumped on the internet. I'm sure you could find a place that had turkey legs around you. Now. Sure barbecue places and whatnot oh yeah oh yeah I'm sure i mean i know right now i could find five places right now even at 11 o'clock that probably have turkey legs nice yeah so all right smoke we had one more story that you had posted here about uh wwe passing on an roh signing that's right so this is again is from wrestling inc <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me there wwe reportedly recently passed signing w or not WWE champion. Let's run that back. <laughs> WWE reportedly recently passed signing ROH world champion Roosh. Now, WWE recently, well, that's, they just repeat themselves in the first fucking line of the sentence. Mm. According to sources close to the situation, WWE passed on signing Roosh because his asking price was too hot. Roosh was represented by AAA during the negotiations, WWE reportedly made an offer that was lower than expected, continuing a trend of the company low-balling signed and unsigned talent. We had talked about that before. Mm -hmm. RH announced that Roosh had signed a deal on January 15, 2019. Rush went on to defeat Matt Taven for the, his first Ring of Honor World Championship that September at the Death Before Designer pay-per-view. It is believed that Ring of Honor has either re-signed Roosh or that they have come to terms to a new deal. It's a very right. interestingly worded sentence. Yeah, definitely. Now, I don't know a lot about this guy. I don't watch Ring of Honor very much. Um, but I will get in a WWE, lowballing people. Um, this is a, like they call it, a trend. This is definitely something we're hearing over and over again. It's almost, <laughs> boy, uh, it's almost like they're using COVID and taking advantage of it and trying mm -hmm. to profit off of it. Um, why? I mean, I, they're such a reputable company. Why would I say that? Um, when you're lowballing people during right now, um, I get it. You don't have some of the revenue streams you had before. You're, but you're, uh, you're still on television. You mm -hmm. made record profits last year, according to your own little, you know, phone call. You made. You've been making record profits. Uh, WWE. I'm talking about here, and I don't understand why you would be lowballing people. I really feel like you're trying to take advantage of the fact that there's not many places to go right now, especially not many places on TV. You've got, in, I mean, on actual television right now, you've got AEW, you've got Impact, and you've got WWE. That's it. You got no more. So I don't, uh, I don't doubt at all that they're lowballing people. And it's pretty scary when you can make more in ROH than you can make going to with there it was probably gonna be NXT. Uh yeah. Than NXT. So I don't know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna say uh, scary is probably a bad word. It's pretty pretty bad though when these guys could go to the indies and make a name for themselves and make more 
than they're making than a company that they're than their dream company that they signed with. Yeah, I think if anything, it kind of it hurts the narrative that they've been trying to weave, and that has been the case for the most part for the majority of the last couple of years or even decades that, you know, that is the place that you want to be. That's the end all be all destination that you want to be a WWE superstar. That's everybody's goal. And that's what everybody's goal should be. When you have, like you just said, how fucking shitty does it look for your company? If you're talking about, you're making like $43 million in one quarter. Yeah. But somebody would, somebody has decided that they would make more money working for ring of honor than your company. Granted, they're the world champion, but, Still, you know, the world you feel like the world champion of Ring of Honor would probably be making less money than like just say your average NXT mid card. Yeah, but I mean, the, basically, the, the the kind of pattern we're seeing is a lot of people are turning down WWE for either. I mean, Eddie Kingston was one that there was. I mean, believe it or not, there was one an article I almost pulled up tonight that was you know Eddie Kingston telling why he chose AEW over WWE. Um, I I saw that actually. Yeah, I saw the video of that. That yeah. was for everybody's favorite podcast, Oral Sessions. Oh. <laughs> I wish she would give me an oral session. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying. Would gladly be a guest. That's I would gladly be a be an oral session guest. I would take an oral session from her any day. My wife wouldn't be happy, but I'd do it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, where were we? Roosh, uh, or contracts? Wait, no, where were we, Smart? <laughs> I got lost on oral sessions. From, but you, from, I mean, basically, you were just saying that like, it had been every, it was supposed to be everybody's goal to make it to WWE. But yes. like you were saying is more and more people now are getting paid more or having better opportunities elsewhere, right. Like I said, and again, thank you for reminding me. Eddie Kingston was one of them that we just saw. Um, I, I, we've seen this in a, many people who are deciding to go to, I mean, I believe Omega was another one who said WWE made him an offer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a big bidding wars, uh, New Japan, AEW, right. and WWE. And that one I get a little more with the friendships and everything right there. But I don't know, man. It's... Uh, it's it really says something when people are deciding that st- they would rather stay on a show that's that it really I mean is ROH on television anymore? Yeah, yeah there's still a Sinclair, so they're on the Sinclair oh, network. So they got the Sinclair network. All right, so all right. Well, I don't know. I still think it says something. Um, I but hate you to- for context, they show it on my local ABC channel at three in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean. So there's a bit of a difference between that and, you know, USA Network Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. I do remember turning it on when my daughter was being born, which sounds like about the right time, 2.45, 3 a.m. So, all right. I I hate to kind of just cut this short, but my daughter will not stop screaming, and I don't know what's wrong. Um, So we're going to go ahead and knock plugs out and cut this. Not sure. I mean, in the name of full transparency, that was all the stories that yeah. we prepared anyway. Yeah, so I was about to say, we're not cutting this short. We're done. Um, but uh, I do need to get out of here and see what in the hell is going on and see if I can help at all. Um, and uh, let me go ahead and get the music started here. A little take your drunken ass home. We'll knock these plugs out real quick. Again, if I rush through these plugs, I do apologize, but I have got to get out there. 
Um, actually, I closed the plugs accidentally. Give me about five seconds. Not even that. Hi, Marks, Cheese Man, Mojo, and G Wiz. You guys want to definitely be going over there and checking those guys out. Once again, they'll be joining us for the Royal Rumble here on the last day of this month. That is the 31st. They will be joining us. We will be getting high, drinking, and having a good time and watching the Royal Rumble. Uh, so join us all here for that live. Um, and you can catch them. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Metal Mint Network. Mixler.com slash Metal Mint Network. Two T's in Mint. Check them out. Definitely. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, The Inhuman Experience. I want you to go ahead and subscribe to that. You are going to get more than just The Inhuman Experience. You are going to get a lot more. And I want you to listen to that shit right there. Now. Now. All the usual podcast platforms. And the Uncrypted Wrestling Podcast. Once again. You guys want to be checking those guys out. Once again, they've got uh, a couple of guys on this Friday night. I don't have my phone. I put it in my pocket. Uh, I'm not pulling it out. They've got a couple of guys on this Friday night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right there. Blog Talk Radio, everything unscripted. Uh, I believe it's blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Check them out right there. And uh, Stephen Milan, appreciate you sharing the show. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com slash Stephen Milan. He's over there reviewing films. You can leave us a review over there on iTunes. You can even do it on Spreaker. Leave comments on everything. And you can find us on YouTube, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, anywhere else you get good podcasts from. And let's do it. Smart. Yes, sir. One breath, one take. Let's do it. Mondays, 8.30 on the Middle Mitt Podcast Network. Cheese on Sports right here on Mixler. And be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raccoon Tour, the Planet Raccoon Tour podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. They are returning January 20th. Be sure to subscribe now so that you will be prepared when the new episode drops. All right. Once again, thank everybody. Really appreciate everybody who joins us always in the chat room. Definitely, definitely appreciate you guys for taking the time every Wednesday almost to join us live. It is very much appreciated. And everyone downloading the show, much, much appreciated from you guys, too. And the anyway you listen to this show, it is much appreciated. Smart, appreciate you joining me tonight, of course. And I, we will see all of you Friday. See you! Take your drunken ass on. Party's over. Bad last song. Can't stay here. You got to go home. Go home. It's time to take your drunken ass home. It's alright. If you don't know what to do.